0: welcome to the podcast Uh, a little bit different this week richard isn't with us this week so uh I, as, as I'm speaking, I'm sitting in a car in the Sealhane car park with Mr. David Thomas. David, well, welcome to the car studio, which we've used for the last couple of weeks.
1: We we meet up in some glamorous <laughs> spots, Guy, don't we? Don't we, Jeff? Uh, but uh, the show must go on.
0: The show must go on. It's not um, it's not the kind of weather where we're going to steam up the windows today. It's not raining. so um, Autumn is in the there air. We go. Players arriving for training. It's, it's, a, it's a lovely morning out here at Sealhane. And we've just, um, we've just had a chat with Gary Johnson um, in the Porter cabin. Very interesting chat about the South End game looking ahead to Chesterfield. And um, let's share that with you now. And uh, as we say on the podcast, we'll be back on the other side of Gary Johnson.
2: So, Gaffer, the three points against South End last Saturday was obviously very welcome. What pleased you most about the win? Um, of course,
3: the three points. Of course. Being at home, our first win at home was very important to get that off our backs as we said um, and, uh, and just the fact that everyone went home happy, you know, the players, supporters, directors, <laughs> you know, everybody was nice empathy with each other, it's always nice to, when you get those last minute goals was everybody goes out the stadium happy, don't they, Do you know what I mean, So, and I felt we deserved it. Absolutely, we deserved it. You know, we had much more of the ball, we had much, many more chances, and uh, hopefully, we can gain the confidence from uh, retaining the ball a little bit more than we had done previously.
2: Now, one of the other pleasing aspects was obviously uh, the first clean sheet of the season, but in truth, as you've already said, your team was in so much control that Sean McDonald was largely untested for most of the game.
3: Yeah. uh, you know, I I didn't mention that, and I should have done <laughs> because a clean sheet was also important. But um, what he did, Sean, on the day was he he showed his uh, experience of, of us. You know, he, he obviously, I think he said in your interview that um, with him that he he knows the words we use, he knows the language, he knows the you know the the team empathy stuff. Um, uh, and, and so that was good. So it wasn't as if we brought in somebody brand new and didn't have a clue who people were or what they could do or what they couldn't do. So that was important that we made that decision. It could have been an awkward one, of course, but um, I trust in uh, Sean, um, as I always have done. And uh, you know, it just means we've got three goalkeepers to choose from now instead of just two. But as he said himself, Sean, that the competition always is good, because it does improve everybody. Um, And then as a manager, you've got to manage it. You've got to um, manage their expectations, their first team, they want first team games, all that sort of stuff. But um, I think most people know the rules as to how we pick teams.
2: And with your team being on top four, like you've already said, the, the majority of the game, um, chances came and went. Eventually, of came up just in the nick of time to turn one point into three. Are you looking forward to, with the confidence that that win has breathed, that um, maybe there'll be some goals a little bit earlier in the game to make you relax a little bit more on the
3: touchline? <laughs> I don't mind when they come, as long as we you know, we uh, we get more than them. But um, we've got a tough game this weekend. Of course, we have, you know, just a field of... Uh, got a few players that I know that I've worked with already so once again you know I know sort of quite a few of the opposition team Um, but we've got to go there with that confidence and we've got to go there with uh, our game and you're going to have to cope with the game of a team that hasn't lost yet they've had a good start and uh, are one of the favourites to to win the league this year but um, I think we're you know we're we're looking forward to it. We are looking forward to it. And uh, we'll see how it all pans out.
2: Now in stoppage time, you brought on Ali Omar
3: uh, in it to help secure
2: those three points. And despite only been on the pitch for a couple of minutes, he won an important header. and Fellow sub Alex Aldi also put in a, a crucial challenge uh, in the final passage of play. Now that must be very pleasing because it's a squad game and you want your subs to make an impact, don't you?
3: We do. Aren't? And Unfortunately, if you're only on for... A minute you can't make that much of an impact but what you got to do when it comes to you is do your job and uh, Ali came on and the first thing you had to do was win a header which was important as you say and then uh, when it dropped we couldn't allow them to have one more attack because you can bet your life human nature the referee would have let it flow a little bit you know if they'd have got it and then Alex made a, a great tackle and and that's you know subs have to be in the game in the heads all through the game, uh, so that when they come on, they're not guessing as to what's happening. So, you know, those two did well, they proved to me um, that they were ready mentally uh, to to get into that game.
2: finally, Gaff, you've already touched upon it, but um, on Saturday, a a very big game um, away to the league leaders. Chesterfield, the BT cameras will be in, in attendance as well. You've already said that you're looking forward to it. Do you sense that your team are also looking forward to almost going in the role as party poopers?
3: yeah um we had a couple, we had a very good game up there last season I think once that game starts nobody's thinking about the TV you know unless they score and then they might have to just put their air right or show a slogan t-shirt or something but um you know we, we we've got to get them absolutely focused on the game and not about the people that are watching it on TV so that's important because it's um you're going to have to show good energy, uh, good concentration, um, team energy, as well as individual energy. So um, I think they'll be looking forward to it anyway, because it's a game of football and they're footballers after all. Um, you know, uh, We try and get players that uh, enjoy playing football and not just enjoy being footballers. Yeah, you might have heard that before, but not from anyone else because I made that up a couple of years ago <laughs> um, and that's and that's and that's true so we've we got to make sure that um, you know they're, they're not thinking about the cameras they're thinking about the game but nice to be on the tv for the, for the football club and for the league because you know BT have done great as far as uh, giving the uh, national league more more and more exposure and uh, I watch it every week, so I'm sure quite a few others do. Just oh, just
0: picking up from something that Don said there, really, how do you stop the circus and the later kick-off from disrupting your plans, disrupting the day? Because obviously 5.20 is yeah. an unusual time to be kicking off.
3: No, that's right. But once you've kicked off, you don't know that it's 5.20 mm. or, or 3 o'clock or 1 o'clock or Sunday or Tuesday. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? That's why... You get them into a state of total concentration and total focus. Um, Sitting in that dressing room waiting um, for the game, you're not thinking. You know, that time I had me wheat a bit, so I was only at five twenty. That's only me. I have cereals at that time. (laughs) Maybe nobody else (laughs) does. Um, But uh, they're not. They they won't be thinking that. They'll be thinking about the game. I'm sure. So we we can never use. I don't think anyone can ever use the timing of a of a game. As an excuse, necessarily.
1: Presumably, as well, as well, the fact that we're playing Chesterfield, one of the in quotes favourites and big teams, would help to concentrate them. In other words, it's not like we're playing, with all due respect, Kings Lynn or somebody like that. No, be it's careful like, there. No, I know, but but <laughs> I'm wind of,
3: them up, it. True. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand but, what you're but saying. But
1: in other words, if they can't get, you know, this is. They'll all know, won't they? That if they're not 100%, on yeah, it, then they, they
3: absolutely, yeah, it's, it's, they will, it's, it's up, they will, and
1: should help to do your, that, that side of it, yeah. It? The
3: motivation should already be there, yeah. is, is, is really what you're saying, and yeah. And we want to, when you've had a win and you need to put a run together, that yeah. first win is so important. Now, yeah. we've had that, and now to follow that up, you know, it's not easy to go to Chesterfield and get a win, of course not, you know what I mean, but we. We've got to. I've got you know, faith in the lads, and uh, um, as far as um, being having the right mental attitude. Now, if some prove to be over, a, you know, a couple of games, not good enough. As I, I sort of threw that in last week. Yes. Then, of, of course, um, you have to keep. Building the squad that you think is going to win the league.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now uh, you memories of the game up there last season. We were obviously above them at the time. I seem to remember we played some really good football that afternoon to beat mm. them uh, two 0 mm. uh, They walked off at the end and couldn't possibly have argued with the mm-hmm. result. Do you feel that this is a bit of a test of, you know, it hasn't been an easy start of the season of where you. Yeah. Where you might be in in at the moment, anyway. Yeah, uh, um, I think so. On the journey, as it were. Yeah, I yeah. think
3: the lads have learned over the last six, seven games that we've not been consistent enough. Um, the ability shown has not been good enough to get up there, like where the Chesterfields are. Um, but while we're looking, um, because we're not going to go out and get the first. And who walks past our training gate you know what I mean and, and drag him in um, so while we're looking they always get that opportunity to prove themselves and uh, in a way it's it's helped me um, try and get the best hopefully over the next few weeks the best out of some of them um, and that's important because only your best is good enough at these levels, definitely, there's no games in our in our league that are, that are easy. No games. You know, so the old I've had three wins, then they went to Dover, and and Dover got a draw, and they got a draw against Chesterfield, I think, as well. Um, so it was uh, you got to be ready every game and on uh, song. So we'll see which ones have taken that on board and whether they can cope with the, the game that's in my head. You now they we work on the game that's in my head all the time, uh, both physically and mentally, and, uh, and you'd hope that some of them are getting better at retaining information. And that's important to, to me because we do a lot of work on the opposition. You know, um, we don't blind them with silence because it's a, if your team's playing well, then you haven't got to worry about the opposition. But uh, if you're not playing well, then you need to know what you need to do to stay in the game. You know what I mean? So, and then wait for it all suddenly to happen because all teams are going to have a, a, a certain part of the game. Uh, and so we got to make sure that we don't let them have most of the game. Yeah. You know, we can't go, like you just said, we can't go there and uh, watch them play. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, on the injury front, Amani, um, um, Tom, we shouldn't, you know, uh,
3: this. How they well, Amani wasn't far away anyway. No. You know, that wasn't necessarily a, an injury. No. Um, what we don't want to do with Armani is, because he works very hard, you know, his, yeah. his distance run in games is phenomenal yeah. and his high speed runs is always phenomenal, so um, so we always ask him now, how are you, you know, yeah. are you okay when he's out there, you know, and, and sometimes he go, yeah, I'm fine or I just feel something a little bit and then, you know, we, we then save him. Right, and, and and take him off. So we needed to uh, rest him the last game, but um, he, uh, he 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 could very well be available for Saturday.
1: And Tom, uh, Apsley? Uh, yeah,
3: Tom's not a million miles away no, either. No. So we'll assess him over the next okay. couple of days. Yeah. Um, Fine. Yeah. So the the more. You know, the more players we get fit, the merrier. I'd, right. I'd rather have a for yeah. picking the team and the subs than uh, not having enough. No,
1: no. And um, any more update on Jake? Is he
3: taking uh, Jake's full-time them? training now? Jake's doing everything Great. that he good. needs to do. So it's just, uh, you know, getting a little bit of fitness into him. But uh, he's, good. So he's, uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's had a sh- bit of a bit of a verdict and a, and yeah, a,
1: yeah, and a yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a bill of not. Well, yeah is it, saying, no yeah.
3: he has he's had he's had of um what do they call it clean bit of clean health, bit of health yeah. yeah and uh you know he's, he's anyway yeah he's happy now he's training now and everything's uh, Fine. back to normal if you can put normal and jake in the same sentence <laughs> <laughs> thank you all right. um, is that all right yeah cars
0: right. you want to gary um yeah do you feel the uh, penny started to drop with one or two after the South End? Um. So back in uh, back in the car park, interesting chat with Gary this morning. He obviously got some of the reaction that he was looking for in the South End game, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, where it was is that United couldn't beat Grimsby mm. because they're a bit better. They could beat South End because they're not quite as good as Grimsby, um, and uh they duly beat them and yeah. of course nobody's trying to underestimate how Im- damn important it was <laughs> to get that first yeah. home win um united had never lost their first four home league league games before and nobody wanted that that tag yeah. um so uh, uh, job done gary was quite right they deserved to win which which was which was a, which was a, a, a plus and of course it's always better to get one in the, la- the winner in the last minute than the first minute, isn't it? And um, uh, it, it was a quite an eventful day. The return of Sean McDonald, of course. Yeah, uh, which Gary talked about in his in his chat. Um,
0: uh, interesting great to see him back. Yeah, interesting what he says about the fact that Sean is is just used to the players and the players are used to Sean. They know. You know, they know what he sounds like. I mean, see, Gary said this a couple of times. He knows the words we use. He knows the language we use. He, you know, it's just a familiarity sometimes that helps, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I, and I think you also have to factor
0: in the the the, the, the fact
1: uh, that he's been playing behind a new defence. Mm. All right, it's not been completely new because you still had Ben Winter and Dean Moxie and Joe Lewis from last season. But you've had Ali Omar, a young centre half, new into the club, trying to make his way. Etc. 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 And you've had a new goalkeeper, Mark Halstead, behind yeah. behind them. And one or two things. Very often, uh, um, Ali Omar and Joe Lewis out in the middle of the pitch on the halfway line. They're both big, tall, strapping lads, yeah. winning their headers, and everybody thinks, Yeah, okay, they'll do. Games are decided in the two penalty areas, and I think we all know that United were not winning enough balls and not dealing with enough balls in their own penalty area, and that's been leading to goals. And it wasn't just the recall of Sean McDonald that was Mm. significant, was that he put McDonald behind a new back three. Of three people he knew, yeah, and uh, you and I have uh, over the last three years know how popular Sean McDonald and his great mate Kyle Cameron, (laughs) the likely lads, have been in the United dressing room, heart and soul of the dressing room over the last three years, and um, uh, so Sean is the type of guy that all the other players, the survivors from last season and over the last few years, would have seen him, beg pardon, come through the door. Same old Sean, smile on his face. Always, you yeah. cracks and jokes yeah. that Geordie accent, and would have probably have gone. Nice to see him yeah. back, and that isn't that isn't a reflection on Mark Halstead or Marcin Brzezowski. It's just that familiarity, yeah. you know, didn't breed contempt. No. Uh, uh, in fact, far from it.
0: And kudos as well to the podcast listener who told me with absolute certainty before. Um, Saturday's game that Sean McDonald was going to play in it uh, how he knew I don't know well but, uh, th- there, there was
1: go. a bit of background to it because um, he had met up with everybody at Notts County a few weeks ago yeah um, now uh, uh, whether that was to meet everybody or whether that was popped down to, to Notts County to watch his mate play uh, and of course he's had you know he's had decent trials at various clubs and I, I've been keeping in touch with him while he's been away yeah uh, and uh, he, he's 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 been really disappointed and frustrated that he hasn't managed to get a, a contract somewhere. And I think we all know he's a, he's a good goalkeeper. He's a good keeper. You know, he's, it's he's just that in top the top end, keeper. yeah. Uh, he his last game was that four-one defeat at Maidenhead. Mm. And very often, as we've seen even this season, goalkeepers get blamed for an awful lot of stuff that happens yeah. in front of them. And Gary Johnson made the point very stressed it that Mark Halstead had picked up some quite a lot of criticism this season. When it wasn't his, you know, it's not just down to him. Um, You know, when when things don't go right in that penalty area, Mm. the goalies usually end up getting it, don't they? They do. um, uh, uh, So anyway, all good, a clean sheet, very important. uh,
0: uh, Going into the 90th minute at nil-nil, when we'd had an encouraging performance, I'll confess that I was sitting there thinking I'd take this now. Yeah. A, nil, a scruffy nil-nil with a good, sound, solid performance, which ticked a lot of Gary's boxes. I'd have taken that. And then, of course, Connor comes up with uh, with the Gary time goal. Yeah, and a very
1: good build-up, by the way. Lovely. Between and a lovely cross from, and a cross from Dean yeah. Moxie. And a great cross from Dean Moxie. So, no, there were, there were lots of, of little things that were pluses against South End. Another one I thought, you know, when you look at it, you had that new back three. Winter and Moxie are essentially full-backs, let's yeah. face it, rather yeah. than centre-backs, although they're both... Can do a job there, and then you had two very young wing backs, Keelan O'Connell on the left and Shiori yeah. Johnson on yeah. the right. And that's quite a big ask of those two youngsters to get. And we all know one or two of us have known what the old think back to the Gibbs and Gurney days, yeah. and, and even we further a back, wing back at don't and we? Kelly. Yeah. We know yeah. a wing yeah. back, and we know yeah. how important that that formation, that three five two formation, or whatever combination in midfield you want to put it lives or dies on the wingbacks yeah. if they don't do their jobs you end up in terrible trouble and a bit of credit to them for uh, you know producing a really hard working performance a similar role that Ben Whitfield and Aaron Amain ended yeah. up doing yeah. when, when they you know finally so not finally when they came to the party over the last 18 months or so
0: and a word for a chap who didn't win man of the match, but I thought could have. I thought Dean Moxie was outstanding. Very on good Saturday. game. All and, and off the, off, off the ball.
1: Yeah. yeah, I thought Joe Lewis did. Well, yeah. Joe Lewis did what Joe Lewis does. Uh, and it'll, he'll shock us one of these days by maybe not having an ordinary game rather <laughs> than a good one. But um, I doubt that. No, man. exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, there, there was, now, South End, 1-0, three points. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, Chesterfield. What are they going to
1: do? How close are they? So being able to be really competitive with these, these teams yeah. at the top of the table and the teams who have spent industrial amounts of oh, money ridiculous. to try yeah. and get out of the league this season.
0: The team selection will be interesting. I mean, Gary said to us um, then when he was talking that Armani Little, not far away, could figure um, in the selection on Saturday. Yeah,
1: I think uh, and he, when he came off... Goodness, it seems quite a few weeks ago now, doesn't it? Uh, was it the Grimsby game he came off? Yeah, I think it was. No, it was. Um, Everybody assumed uh, that it was a hamstring injury. Mm. Well, it is at the back of his leg, but it isn't what you and I would think of as a hamstring injury, and hasn't been. So, but in I can imagine in Omani's mind when he when he sort of feels something not yeah. right back there, you know, if I was him and I'd been out <laughs> with a number of issues he has over the last couple of years, I think I'd feel the same. Yeah, uh, I think his heart, you know, his heart dropped and thought, oh no, not not something else back there. Um, it isn't like that, it's a slightly different I- injury. It's, it's obviously, it's turned out to be not major issue, yeah. and with a bit of luck, um, he, he'll, he's back in training, yeah. and uh, he, as Gary says, he might well be in contention to, to, uh, to play on Saturday. Now, whether he says, right, Change it's the old old thing, isn't it? Do you change a winning team, or or do you let them carry on?
0: And goalkeeper selection will be interesting. I mean, we don't know because I mean, Gary keeps his cards close to his chest always. But you know, we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know who's fit and who isn't fit. But the 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 selection will be very interesting.
1: Yeah, I'd be very surprised if uh, I think Mark Halstead is still coming to the end of his concussion protocol. Um, He may be. Fine, he may be past fit. You know, we're, we're talking on Thursday morning. <clears throat> there's still, well, there's more than 48 hours, well over 48 hours to go because it's a 5.20 kick-off on, on Saturday. Uh, he may well get a clean bill of health. And, yeah, you're fine to carry on. I would have thought uh, that he'll go with Sean McDonald yeah. gaining goal. Um, I'd be very surprised if not. Um, yeah, uh, elsewhere, uh, Clyde Lolos came in for Dan Holman up front.
0: Did pretty well. Did pretty well. Got yeah, a standing yeah, ovation from yeah,
1: the yeah. uh, Plainmore faithful when he when he was taken off in the second well, half. He,
0: he put a proper shift in, didn't he? Which yeah. is what uh, what everybody was looking for from the whole team and got from the whole team. But Clyde, definitely put a shift in, well, put himself about, and had a couple of chances. And that's
1: going to be crucial at, at, at Chesterfield. If you're going to get a result at Chesterfield, you have to have somebody up front that's going to turn their defenders and turn them round and get them facing yeah. their own goal. Now, Dan Holman... He's reasonably quick. He's quicker than he actually looks. But Clyde Lollis is twenty, whatever he is, yeah. 22, 23 He's, he's lighting, quicker. He's he? quicker yeah. than than yeah. them. And United, you know, when they're under pressure, which they will be on on mm. Saturday, are going to need the option of that ball over the top and somebody getting after it. And and I would have thought that may, you know,
0: tilt the balance in yeah. in Lollis favour. And Gabby Rogers got a start on Saturday as well against Southend, didn't he? He's got a trick in him, he's got speed, he's got a lot going for him. He needs a goal, doesn't he? I'd I'd love to see him get one.
1: Do you know who he reminds me of a bit? A young Billy Bowden.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah.
0: He's got a wonderful left
1: foot, very talented. It's just bringing him to the level Mm. in terms of speeding his play up, um, usually in in these leagues and obviously we're talking about Billy Bowin was in league two uh, obviously when he first came on loan yeah uh, all that talent that we could see um uh, and yet a lot of the time he wanted too much time on the ball yeah and I used to fear for him so I remember him we, we played Bradford City away and uh Billy Bowden, uh tried to take a little bit too much time on the ball uh, uh, out on the edge of uh, our own penalty area one yeah. day and got absolutely nailed. I forget what, which Bradford City player did it. He Could was, have been uh, He was carried yeah, off. Yeah, he was yeah. carried off. Yeah. And I was torn between thinking, "Oh no, you know he's out," and also thinking, "Billy, if that teaches, if that helps to teach yeah. you to shift the ball quicker in tight areas." Yeah. Um, especially in, in your own half of the pitch, it's a horrible thing to think because I'm seeing him carried off, and I, you're you're also hoping there's nothing too badly wrong with him. Um, but obviously, all credit to him, he went on to yeah. get a great move and play at a good level, and he's now at Oxford United, I think. And but I, I look at Gabby Rogers now, and you, you, he's got that he's got the same shot that Billy Bowden had. He's got the yeah. ability to beat a man, all those sort of things. And what is what what will decide whether Gabby Rogers becomes a top player or not is the Rest of his game, yeah, is yeah. playing quicker, uh, especially in the first half of matches when everybody's fresher, uh, speeding his game up, um, you know, work great when you haven't got the ball, all that kind of stuff. It sounds boring and it sounds a bit cliche ish, but it's so important, yeah.
0: And there's a player in there, isn't there? Oh, there's a, there's goodness a, a good, good player in yeah. there, yeah, absolutely. So, looking. To, Looking back a little bit then, Dave, there was some very sad news this week. Um, one of our Plainmore favourites, so this would be the first season that I went to Plainmore, wow. would be uh, Tony Scott yeah. died this week. Yeah. Uh, left winger, mustachioed left winger, um, part of that swashbuckling team that Franco Farrell put together. That uh, well, as I say, that's that's the fir- it's the first team I can remember at playing. My 67-68 must have been first... my first season. Well, well on.
1: done. Yeah, I, I I started watching just a few years before then. Uh, Tony Scott was one of my idols. I thought he was a terrific player. Mm. Um, he came uh, on the back of quite a lot of those. It's, it's incredible now, isn't it, to think that back in that day, Torquay were able to sign players out of the first division. Yeah, yeah, it's you extraordinary, know, isn't it? Uh, John Bond and Ken Brown. Yeah. Signed for Torquay 65-66, two years after they'd played for West Ham in an FA Cup win- yeah. winning team. Um, Ken Brown played for West Ham in the European Cup winners, Cup yeah. winning team. The said that the year before he came to play, more or 18 months before. It, it's it's inconceivable now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And the gap in wages. Anyway, Tony Scott was was another of those ex-West Ham players. He'd actually gone to Aston Villa, mm-hmm. and then we signed him from Aston Villa. Who were having a year out of the Premier League or a year or two out because yeah. we we beat them a couple of times. Um, uh, and he arrived at Playmore. he There was nothing of him, was there? I mean, he had these spindly little legs or looked yeah. like it, didn't it? Um, he, he looked like a, a you know a, a decent southwesterly breeze would blow him <laughs> over, didn't he? And because in those days the old uh, yeah. fullbacks took no prisoners, yeah. did they? Yeah. And you, j- I remember spending the m- going to watch them and thinking, oh God, you know. <laughs> He's going to get kicked out of it. He's going to get kicked out of it, and they did their best. Yeah. To and he, had, but of course, he was a very, very good player. Yeah. And he had this wonderful ability, which I'm sure all who saw him will remember, to cross the ball with the outside of his right foot. He used right. to run at yeah. fullbacks, yeah. threaten to go past them, um, and then suddenly, just when they're expecting a left foot cross or to him to go yeah. on the outside, he would hit the ball with the outside of his right foot. And I, I was chatting to, to John Rudge this week um, about Tony, yeah. and uh, who, who arrived towards the end of Tony's time, 69, 70. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Robin Stubbs and Alan Welsh were the ones who benefited before he yeah. arrived. And and John was saying that that, that we realised after a while that at least one of us had to make a run to the near an early run to the yeah. near post because that's where the ball was going to arrive. And he said we got goal after goal after goal from it, because defenders just weren't expecting him to cross no. it with the outside of his right foot. And he was so clever at that. And um, no, he was a very good player, hell of a nice guy. And of course he. He was part of the very frustrating exodus to Bournemouth in sort of yeah, the early 70s yeah. when John Bond, who played for Torquay, went to Bournemouth as manager. And Ted McDougall, who went on to a stellar career, obviously, mm. Man United, Norwich, yeah. buckets of goals, he credits Tony Scott with launching his career because he said really? without yeah. his crosses at yeah. Bournemouth, he laid on scores of McDougal's goals. Yeah. <clears throat> McDougall got a reputation, one of the best finishes in the country, which he was... And Tony Scott played a it's big role service. in that. Yeah, yeah, and he's died at the age of eighty. He went to live in Australia about thirty years ago. Yeah, coached for quite a while in this country. Coached for Bond at Man City. Mm-hmm. Went to work in the Middle East, um, but he died in Australia at the end of last week, aged eighty, and um, one of the big, great ones.
0: A big miss for talking. <clears <United> <clears <throat> one fans. of the great ones. Absolutely, um, and just bit more history as well. I, you you had something you wanted to say before I go off on a, a, a down memory lane on with a story about an ex-girl. Um, you had something to say about refereeing in uh, matches yes. that we've had.
1: Well, I, I I think it's important that that <laughs> especially those of us who moan about referees probably more than we really should do <clears throat> that when you get a good one, yeah, you should you should acknowledge the fact. And I thought. I thought Gary Parsons wasn't bad against Grimsby. I thought he was one of the better ones. But then Scott Jackson, who's from from Somerset as well, which helps, turned up and refereed the South Devon game game, uh, last week. And I thought, what a good job he, he, he did. He was a... It was so refreshing to see a referee who wasn't trying to book his way into control yeah. of the match. Yeah, He gave the decisions, he talked to the players mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I was just chatting to Danny Wright before the, today's press conference and we were agreeing that, 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 that it, you felt as if there was another bloke out there with you. Yeah. Ra- rather yeah. than a school teacher or a robotish type guy who's going to give a, a sort of a formulaed way of refereeing the game. Yeah. And I think what we've all thought is several times over the last few you know weeks and months and years is that it would just be nice to feel there was a normal guys out there refereeing rather than uh, you know this this culture that I I don't actually think half the time the trouble is the referees themselves I think it's the culture that they're being asked to referee in, and we see that at Premier League level as well don't we and this this constant thing that as soon as somebody goes down with a reasonably heavy tackle whether it's a foul or not out comes the book, yeah, because yeah. of the effect of the tackle. Yeah. Well, you know, and there was a couple of heavy tackles on on Saturday against South End. He made the decision, he pulled a player over, had a word, yeah, you know free kick carry on, on. and I, and i just watching that guy, oh hallelujah isn't isn't that refreshing he hadn't lost control of the no, game you and, um, and
0: you hardly noticed him which is that is the hallmark of a decent well, ref isn't it we always say that yeah, don't we yeah. uh, and
1: and um, he did book a couple in the end but mm-hmm. uh, you know not not over the top or anything like that so well done scott jackson I, uh, you, you, as we both know, the assessors sit quite close to the press box at Playmore yeah. And I, I, I looked around and I, I did think, I'd love to see your marks because I hope you mark him yeah. high and I yeah. hope he gets on on the basis of, the, of that performance. Uh, and let's hope we get him again yeah, else. We'll have
0: him another time. So just to finish off with, we talked last week on the podcast and Dave, you remember this guy, a player by the name of John Docker. I do. Who said a a bit of history. Gary Lane, who listens to us from Australia. Greetings, Gary. uh, Flagged up an article in The Guardian about loan signings, uh, which apparently, I hadn't realised, they first became a thing in that 1967-68 season. Wow. And Torquay were apparently the first team ever to make a loan signing. In August '67. Franco Farrell signed John Docker. Right. On loan from Coventry. Yep,
1: I do remember him, yeah.
0: Uh, played four games. Yeah, I
1: didn't, I, I, I remember seeing him in team pictures. And, yeah. and I, 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 I can't honestly remember him as a player. But um... Scored
0: twice against Exeter in a League Cup match. Oh, well. He so he's, he's, he's fine. The, he's, yeah, in he's, the he's, the he's, he's in the gallery. Uh, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Absolutely. He's done the job for us. Um, and, you know, we wondered what had become of him after Torquay. And a bit of research, thanks to Dave Morris, who sent me a couple of links to stories, which actually place him in a really interesting match. Because sixty-seven, sixty-eight season—that was the season, of course, when Manchester United won the European Cup. Yep. Um beat Benfica in the final at Wembley. I was allowed to stay up for extra time. Well, That's well, I, my memory of that.
1: I, I don't, I don't want to, to name call, but. I went to Madrid for the second leg of the semi-final. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how we got tickets, I do not know. All I know <laughs> is that we ended up hitching to Manchester from South Devon. I'm not a Man United fan, I never have been, but I went with two friends who were. Yeah. We stayed on some ridiculously cheap <laughs> package in Manchester, Yeah. and everybody, uh, as we flew back... Manchester United having got through, they they beat um, George Best scored at Old Trafford 1-0 and they drew three all in Madrid to get yeah. to the final. And on the plane back these red-suited Man United supporters club officials were taking the details of everybody who'd been to Madrid because you were all definitely going to the final. Yeah. And we were sitting, I sat there and said, look, no, I want somebody else to have my ticket because I'm not, a, you know, yeah. I'm I'm here on a bit of a jolly, really. Not, not, not that it was free. but mm. And he said, no, no. You're here. You're definitely going to final, and and so the we got tickets through the Man United Supports Club for the final at Wembley against Benfica. So I was at, <laughs> I, I was it. in Madrid and at Wembley. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, oh and goodness. I'm not a Man United fan. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yes, 67, 68. So, so,
0: so by the following season, John Docker had gone back to Coventry. I don't think he'd got himself into the first team at Coventry. He suffered knee injuries during his career. He moved to Waterford. He went to Ireland to play for Waterford. So, on the 18th of September 1968, the beginning of the following season, with Manchester United in their pomp, having just won the European Cup, back when the European Cup was a proper knockout cup, so you could get drawn against anybody in the first Absolutely. round. Absolutely. No United, groups in those days. No. No Champions League nonsense no, then. Nonsense. No. Uh, Manchester United were drawn against Waterford. Wow. The first leg was played in Ireland. They played it at Lansdowne Road because of the enormous interest in it.
1: Dublin, yeah.
0: Uh, Lansdowne Road, 48,886 people were there to watch Waterford play Manchester United. John Docker was on the bench. I don't think he got on, but he was part of that massive occasion. Well, well. Manchester United won 3-1 with a Dennis Law hat-trick. They won the second leg 7 1, and Dennis Law got four more. Wow. So
1: it was Goodness. kind of
0: Dennis Law in his pomp. Yeah. But so, I mean, John Docker made a bit of history for Torquay, but an interesting career. I think the knee injury got the better of him. Right. I think he moved back over to the Midlands, and I don't know what he was doing after that. No. But um, interesting that we've been talking about him for a couple of weeks, and what a great occasion that must have been Goodness. to be involved in. Yeah. Nearly 50,000 in Lansdowne yeah. Road. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I I do remember him. I remember seeing him at training. Um, uh, In those days, I was uh, reporting for the old Torquay Times Uh, (laughs) uh, rather than the Herald Express or anything like that before going away to Manchester when I I covered Man United and followed George Best around various bars in Manchester <laughs> for the time. But still, anyway, um, and I remember John Docker, but I don't remember him as a player, no. uh, really. And uh, But I never knew that he was the first loan signing. signing. Yeah, United, Finally, so. of course, in those days, Tony Boyce, chairman, Frank Farrell, manager, were very innovative and forward-looking. Yeah. They had a reputation as one of the most forward-looking lower-division clubs. The whole Friday night football thing, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the Gates at Playmore, mm-hmm. we'll get watery-eyed about it in a minute, <laughs> won't we? Uh, that was the year, of course, they, they were clear at Easter yeah. uh, to go up into what's now the championship, beat Berry at home yeah. on match of the day, 3 nil, when Tony Scott scored, actually, um, and uh, just unfortunately faded and, and, and blew it near the end of the season. But the Gates were regularly 10,000, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Wonderful team. Wonderful. And the strains
0: team. of Herb Alpert would float out across. <laughs> that them. was when they first. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Boyce first. Tony Boyce it had in. heard it on
1: holiday in Spain, <laughs> they? Yeah. and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, great days, and what uh, a nice link between Tony Scott and, and John yeah, Docker,
0: yeah. indeed. And as good a place as any to end the podcast this week. Thank you, David. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me in the car studio this week.
1: The windows haven't steamed up. The windows too, haven't steamed now. up. You know, we, we can't be arrested for anything.
0: Next week's podcast will again be slightly different. It's, um, it's a one off, it's an interview between me and Matt Hockley. Oh, my next goodness. Week. Matt very kindly find, found some time to uh, chat the other day, and uh, Can't next week's podcast will be a, a Hawker's special. Thanks, David. Thanks to all of you for listening. You. And as ever, come, come on, you, you yellows. yellows.